The UDR cast is not affiliated and does not represent any 12-step fellowship. I, Bill Ward, the host of the UDR cast, will be sharing my experience and my journey of recovery. That does include, but is not limited to, the literature contained in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous and the 12 Steps. Our guests will be sharing their own path to recovery and what has worked for them. The UDR cast encourages and supports all paths to recovery. Welcome everybody to the UDR cast. UDR stands for Uncover, Discover and Recover. My name is Bill Ward and I'm coming to you from the recovery capital of Canada, Calgary, Alberta. Here we are going to discuss everything recovery, different perspectives, different experiences, both with the people I know and with others from around the world. If you resonate with anything you've heard on this episode today, we ask that you share it with anyone who you think may benefit from it. If you have any questions or comments, please find us at billward.life and send us a message in the info section. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. If you are interested in more recovery content, you can find the buttons for the YouTube channel and other social media outlets on the homepage, and you will be redirected to those platforms. We can recover. One person, one family, one community at a time. You know, without a clear understanding of what the what the issue is, what the true predicament is, and I love how in the chapter working with others, it talks about the alcoholic does not understand their true predicament. You know, most newcomers do not understand their true predicament. They don't understand the illness. You know, uh, you can be sitting in a meeting. You know, a bunch of people in there and Johnny puts up his hand, he's an alcoholic. And then fucking Mary puts up her hand, she's an alcoholic because she doesn't want to be left out, right? Um, you know, we base what we're, we base the illness on what people are sharing in the meetings. The problem is that the meetings are full of people that are not real alcoholics. There's a lot of people there for social enjoyment. They might fucking, you know, had a bad night and fucking next thing you know, their wife or husband is putting them into some type of a program where they feel so guilty. Next thing you know, they're surrounded by people giving them hugs and validation. And next thing you know, they found their new social club, right? And then you hear these people sharing and you think that this is what the program is about. And, you know, it's actually killing a lot of people and it's really too bad. So understanding the true predicament of the illness, there's two predicaments, right? First, it's the spiritual malady that drives what they call the obsession, but actually the big book doesn't even say fucking obsession, right? It doesn't even say obsession. It says mental blank spot. It says peculiar mental twist. It says insane trivial excuse. It says I have an utter inability to leave it alone no matter how great the necessity or wish. It says at a certain point, the alcoholic will have no effective mental defense against the first drink. It doesn't say fucking obsession. But that's what you hear in all the meetings. It does talk about the obsession in the 12 and 12, you know. But that's not the textbook to get me sober. That is a 2.0 version to expand on the literature and the knowledge of the program later on down the road when you actually start understanding what the fuck we're even doing around here. 
So understanding step one is crucial, right? And how do you understand step one? Well, you go through the literature of the first, what is it, 51 pages, right? Of, of the doctor's opinion. And the doctor's opinion isn't doing anything other than fucking explaining the allergy. And then you go there through, there's a solution. I don't take people through Bill's story because I don't think, you know, at that point it's really relevant. I go through, there's a solution. And then more about alcoholism because more about alcoholism is where it's fucking at. That's what you need to fucking know. But the, there's a solution actually tells you your true predicament, really. You know, but more about alcoholism tells you, like, how quick this happens and how you will fucking rationalize and justify or not even have a fucking opportunity to and you fucking, you're, you got a drink in your hand, right? And, and, like, let's get away from the drink. The real predicament here is the defects of character. I'm powerless over my behaviors. I'm powerless over my thoughts. I'm powerless over other people. I'm powerless over fucking everything. And I think I have some type of control in my life, but I'm driven by a hundred forms of fear and self-delusion. When you look up the word driven, it means like an uncontrollable, compelling force that drives something. Well, what does that is fear. Where's the fear based in? The fear is based in my instincts for social security, companionships, sex relation, and material security. A lot of shit that I've learned out here in the world of the material drives all this stuff. And a lot of it actually creates that self-delusion. And understanding all of these things takes time, right? But first and foremost, you got to understand step one. And really understanding it is, a, is, a, is important just with the allergy, right? And i.e. obsession, mental blank spot. But what drives all that is the uh, spiritual malady, which actually is your defects of character, which is your ego. That comes later, right? And to unblock myself is so key because there's a reason why I need God. Once I understand why, step one, then I know why I need God. You know, I think a lot of people don't even understand why they need God. Because the rooms have created this warm and comforting idea and this theory that God's just so warm and fuzzy and he's going to make me feel good. No, there's a fucking reason why I need him in my life. He's, he's what matches the insane idea to pick up a drink with a sane thought not to pick up a drink. But that doesn't happen just because I want to believe in God because my ego can attach to the idea of God too. And then, if I, then I'm picking up drinks going, fuck, me and God were tight yesterday. Why am I drunk? Because God's a theory. Talked about it in Roland Hazard's story. Talks about it in step three. This concept was the keystone of a new and triumphant arch which we passed through to freedom. I need this keystone to be implemented so I can pass through freedom of bondage of self. But if it stays the concept, then there's no action. It's just an idea. Without the action behind the idea, then it just stays a concept. And that's what the steps do. They allow God to work in and through you through a practical application through very precise directions that actually produce results. But again, going back to the watered down version of the rooms is nobody really talks about that. And then the other thing that everyone focuses on is just don't drink. Well, how do you just don't drink? Well, you need a real relationship with God. <clears throat> and... 
after one year sober, which is like the rooms are full of people at one year sober, they're like hugging you and patting you on the ass and giving you such big props. But then they forget to fucking really fill you in on, fill you in on the real problem. And then these people with one year think they're fucking on their way. And I always say it, they're on their way, all right? They're on their way to a fucking relapse. So it's up to guys like me, guys like whoever's 12-step, whoever understands the selfish, self-centered nature of the alcoholic, which is at the root of it. It's guys like me that need to find these guys and fucking fill them in on the truth of what's going on here. You know, it's not about the alcohol, but it is at first. So that's all really important shit, right? Um, so inventories, fuck you, we need them to even begin. And I love how Steve also said without step 10, fucking good luck on step 11. Like the ego can attach to the idea that I'm fucking doing shit, but sitting there with my eyes closed while my mind's spinning with fucking all sorts of shit isn't meditation. I need to do my four and five, get the shit cleared out of the way. I need to get my six, seven, eight, and nine, get some traction in the amends. So I start implementing a 10 in my life so I can calm that fucking shit down. So I can get that shit out of the way so I can fucking be present in my life. And I love how at the end of step 10, it talks about this requires more action. So it goes through these readings and I'll, I'll just quote them off here because they're really important. Much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. It's God who has all knowledge and power. Much has already been said about receiving that through the first 84 pages plus the doctor's opinion to that point of that sentence. God's the one, man. And if you have followed directions carefully, you will felt the flow of the spirit into you. To some extent, you'll become God conscious. You have begun to develop this vital sixth sense. But we must go further and that requires more action. So as I get through that, it requires, I got to go further. And I need more action. And then it says the next step is step 11, which suggests uh, better men, prayer and meditation. Better men than us have been using it constantly. It works when we have the proper attitude and work at it. What's the attitude? The attitude that you get from practicing step 10, the attitude is God. It works when you have the proper attitude, which is God, and you work at it. Then you can expand and explode that fucking fourth dimension with meditation. But without doing the previous work, that doesn't happen. And really what I'm talking about here doesn't even happen till two or three or four or five years into recovery anyway. But you have to start somewhere. And you start at the start. And no matter how it doesn't seem like it's working, and it doesn't matter why, because we have a clear-cut set of directions that we consistently, persistently follow, and then later the results pay off down the road. But they will pay dividends in your life as you go, too. But the real big payoff is later. Because when you do what's hard, life gets easier. But if you do what's easy and you cut the corners and you rest on your laurels and you slack and you find easier, softer ways, you balk at these things, you don't, there's penalties. And you won't get the benefit and you'll go, is this all sobriety is? Is this it? No. It's fucking not even close to what it is. And if you just want sobriety, you're settling for crumbs anyway. You know? Because there is a fourth dimension here and the directions actually really take you to it. But are people really willing to do what the fuck it takes? No. The reality is, is no. 
you know, like I've worked with fucking, you know, I remember my first fucking 50 sponsees probably, maybe I got three of them through the 12 steps, maybe four. You know, now I have a way better success rate, but I think it's because I'm better at delivering the actual information. And I'm so passionate because I've seen so many people die and so many people fucking burn their lives down that I'm really passionate and don't want people to do that. So I actually weed out the ones that aren't really willing anyway. So when they come to me, they're usually pretty fucking willing. Not all of them. Because subconscious fears and whatever else kind of get the best of them sometimes. Right? Pride's a bitch. But at the end of the day, if they're not willing to do the work, then I can't fucking help them anyway. So that's the reality of it right? That's the reality of it. And like understanding step three, you don't even have a clue of step three till you do a step four. And step three is not really the deal. Step seven is the deal. Step seven's worked in step 10. Once step 10 is working, then step 11 expands. And then when you're working 10 and 11, you want to do step 12. The people that aren't doing step 12, it's because they're not doing good steps 10 and 10s and 11s. Because the natural parse, the natural process of this is faith alone is insufficient. The idea of God alone, just the idea, the concept it says is insufficient. To be vital, to give you life, must be accompanied by self-sacrifice, understanding self, sacrificing self. And then it takes you to the unselfish constructive action. That's just the process. When you're away from self, you just want to be of service to people. That's what the program teaches us. Through that is where I find the joy and the happiness and the fulfillment and everything I ever looked for, looking from self, trying to get it from self. Thank you for tuning in to the UDR cast. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. The viewpoints and the opinions expressed today were solely of the individual sharing them. If you resonated with this episode, please follow us and share this link with anyone that may benefit from it please visit us at billward.life to see everything that we have going on. We can recover one person, one family, one community at a time.